This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, another week of the opening kickoff. Here we are in the studios of WNSP. Thanks for making us part of your morning. We're with you for the next three hours right here on the sports station, WNSP. And, of course, you can get in. In fact, we've uh, carved some time out for you today. 694-1055. That's the number. You can get in. Let us know what you think about the game, the commercials, uh, whatever you so desire. Good morning, Mr. Trevanian, sir. Mark, it's great to see you. Nick, welcome back. As we're ready to go for basically, uh, we're in studio for four days this week before we hit the trail on Friday. Many times the Super Bowl doesn't live up to its hype. And in fact, it's hard to when, when you have a game hype for two weeks. This one did. Um, many are calling it one of the, the best Super Bowls ever. And that's left up to the, you know, the eyes of the beholder. I, 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 I thought it was. It was the third highest Super Bowl. Mark, they got off. Usually Super Bowls get off to slow starts offensively. This one got off to a, a great start. Very few, only one turnover. You know, and I got it. First of all, as you know, Kansas City won on a last second field goal, eight seconds to go. So my wife was asking me about Jalen Hurts at, at the half. We were talking about the half. And teams that lead. By double digits at the half, we're 26-1 in the Super Bowl. That backfired. But she was asking me about Jalen Hurts. And I said, well, he's doing really, really well, except except for the fumble. And, I, and she said, do you think he'll get to be MVP? I said, if the Eagles win, he will be MVP. But if they don't win, you could look to that one turnover, the only turnover in the game, where he basically coughed up the ball and turned into an easy Kansas City touchdown. But, Mark, overall, and you and I can banter back and forth, I thought the overall production from start to finish, and I'm talking about pregame ceremonies, Walter Payton Award, uh, Hamlin being on the field with responders, I, I thought they did very well. I mean, the only the major criticism, and we get to this a little bit later because we're going to go out to Robbie Baker, who covered the game uh, for Fox uh, 10 in Phoenix, the major concern, the major gripe, especially with the players, was the field. Yeah, it just it can't it can't happen uh, in any professional game, uh, on in any professional league, much less the Super Bowl. That can't it just it that can't be an issue. Period. I don't know whose head's got to roll for it, but you can't have guys like changing cleats and slipping and fall. you just can't. And that, that's the whole point of the Super Bowl, right? We put it in a destination where weather isn't an issue, where where you can kind of control the uh, the elements, and and to have guys slipping and falling on on it, so, someone needs to be fired. All right, so not that it would have had a out, different outcome of the game. No. But the players, one compared it to going to a water park, if you know what I mean. So the the result of all of this, the NFL, according to a report, Saturday Down South, paid $800,000 for this new turf. It was designed by Oklahoma State University. So obviously that university is getting uh, criticized and social media burning up on them. It was a new type of turf grass. Don't ask me to explain. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Like I said, we're going to have Robbie Baker, formerly here in Mobile at TV5, will join us. I'm sure he can talk more about that. Um, 
But as far as the players, some change cleats, uh, slipping, sliding. I, I'm with you, Mark. I mean, I didn't know if we were watching a hockey game or, or NFL game. But credit, I guess, everybody concerned who put the show on, other than the field, turned out to be a really great night of, of uh, football. It's our last game. Well, of course, you have spring football coming up. It's actually the third highest scoring game ever in the history of the Super Bowl. They fell shy. I think the all-time record was 75. So this was about three, three, three or four points uh, shy of that. Yeah, I was a, a you know a lot of bit, a lot of talk about that defensive holding there at the end of the game. By definition, it was a hold. So I, I'm not. I'm not mad the the official threw it through the flag. I'm a little disappointed that there was a hold on that play though cuz I would have liked to have seen the rest of the game play out with that as an incompletion. Um so I I was disappointed in that regard because then it just became a let him score. I'm not going to score. I'm going to fall down kind of stuff. So they, it it kind of took away a little bit of the drama. I would have liked to seen Jalen Hurts get another shot with it from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, I found myself kind of cheering for the Eagles. Uh, I didn't have a horse in the in the in the race there, but at the end, I was I was I was hoping they were going to be able to pull it off with Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts and the in the guys. Uh, but yeah, unfortunate that it came down to to that call. Um, but I'm one of these guys too, and I've said this in in terms more of basketball than football. But if it's a foul in the beginning of the game, it's got to be a foul at the end of the game, regardless of the circumstance. Uh, he did grab him around the waist. Would it would he have been able to? Complete the pass had he not, I don't know. But by definition, that was, in fact, defensive holding. Mark, it's hard to criticize a call when the defender comes out and acknowledges it was a penalty. Yeah. James Bradbury, former Samford player, he said, look, it was on me. Uh, I, I'm the one. I was hoping to get away with it, and I did not. Let me throw this out at you, too, uh, at everybody, not just you. And, and if, I hope people will call in today. I'd really like to hear from some of our listeners. Did you enjoy the game? What did you not enjoy? Go through the whole bit, you know, the, the commercials, the, the halftime show, the game itself. But if Patrick – take away Patrick Mahomes, if he can for a second. Could you make an argument that Darius Tony could have been the MVP? I, I would. He had the two big plays – or two big plays in the fourth quarter. Obviously, you can't escape the fact that Mahomes deserved it, the sore ankle, all that, and what he did in, in the 26-yard run. But Tony, with that 65-yard run, punt return to set up uh, the – uh, touchdown by Skylar Moore, which gave him an eight-point lead. He also scored a touchdown prior to that to give the Chiefs their first lead. So you could possibly could have made an argument that if you don't put the quarterback in the mix, Tony could have been the MVP. Yeah, I I thought the the I thought it was that play by Kadarius Tony with the punt return that was as big, if not bigger, than the Jalen Hurts fumble because that. At that point, you felt like, oh, the Chiefs are going to win this ball game. Like when 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 he got it down inside the five there. Now, what was interesting though, we sitting there talking about the the officials and calling that making that last call. So the the defensive touchdown for the Chiefs that was taken off the board, I thought was a touchdown where they where they picked it off, but he said he didn't have the he didn't have control of the ball. I. Or he didn't make the third step, so he didn't make a man. 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. To me, that was a catch. That was an interception. I thought it was coming back. I, I did not think they were going to allow that to be a touchdown. I, I see. I thought that, I thought that was a catch. Yeah, you did. I, I, I thought that was coming back. I, I'm not going to say it wasn't a catch, Mark. I'm not that schooled on that stuff. I just thought they were going to change that call. Well, it, you know, they they talked about like the three step process about having control, uh, and then that third step being kind of a football move, and that football move wasn't there. I thought there was enough there that that should have been a catch, making it a fumble and a Kansas City touchdown. So, um, I didn't like that call. Um, well, I want to go back though in that first half, and again, I don't want to pick on Jalen Hurts. He had a great year, had a a really good game. He threw for over three hundred four yards. He rushed for three touchdowns and a two pointer. But you, to me, I mean, you can't overlook that turnover because he basically gave up the ball himself. I don't even know if he was hit on the play. It didn't look like it. And then Nick Bolton, so that's an easy seven points for a Chiefs team. You take away those seven points, you have a different outcome. Because people will look at the, the holding call on Bradbury and start complaining. But go back to that first half and that fumble. And that was the only turnover of the game. It was a very well-played game. There weren't as many penalties as I thought because I, I stated about two weeks ago that Sheffer's uh, crew ha- led the league in calling penalties. So I didn't think they overdid it. Uh, I think the Chiefs got hurt a few times on five-yard penalties, but I don't think it would, the flags were that evident, you know, like I was expecting because this crew had the reputation of calling a lot of penalties. Well, I thought th- there were a bunch, there were a couple of spots where Philadelphia put themselves in delay of game situations, which you've I found was very difficult. I, I couldn't understand why they were they couldn't get the playoff in time. It wasn't like it was a hostile environment. I mean, I thought they had plenty of time, but there were at least a couple of times where they got tagged with delay games. But to your point, competitive game. Kansas City scored on every possession in the second half. Uh, you you thought pretty good. Couple things. I think you felt pretty good about the Eagles going into halftime. Uh, being up, although not being up by that much considering the way the game was flowing. And then Patrick Mahomes tweaked the ankle, so you you felt like all things considered, things were going well because the pass rush was going well. And then you get into the second half, and then there's no pass rush from from the Philadelphia Eagles. You know they didn't have one sack in the game, Mark, and they they led the league in sacks and almost set an NFL record, and yet none. Yeah. And then, uh, now the only thing that bothered me about Mahomes was his ability to scramble looking perfectly healthy and then getting up and limping after the perfectly healthy looking scramble. But I'm sure they, I'm sure that was adrenaline um, and whatever it is they shot him up with at halftime. But, uh, but, it, but it was a great, it was a good game. It was a good game. My only, and again, I'm not complaining. Just thought the halftime show was, what was it? 29 minutes. I think they said it was supposed to be. Yeah. That's too long. I'm sorry. I, that's just a little too long for me. But if you could, because the game was so good, I I just got into the game. The, I didn't the, care about. I anything I think that else. would makes it long. Because I actually I I thought the entertainment. I thought the halftime show was pretty good. I mean, I wasn't expecting uh, a whole lot. I mean, I I don't I don't have a very high. Well, how about this expectation? But I thought it was I thought it was a good show. It, no, it was. I'm not saying it wasn't. I, I'm not criticizing the show. Maybe cut down on the six or seven talking heads. Well, and go I right think to the what show. takes the time is building yeah. building the the stage and the perform and then breaking it all down. And so they have to. That's what to me takes so long. But I mean, here you had a a pregnant woman, uh, three thousand feet in the air or whatever, um, 
Not afraid of heights, is she? No, clearly not. And yes, Rihanna's pregnant. That that came out after the fact. I know a lot of people. So social media was buzzing about whether or not she was pregnant. Yes, she she's she's incredibly pregnant. And so to be doing with all, I thought you know, good for her. I know we'll get into the show. We'll get into the commercials. Hopefully, we left some open segments today for our listeners to join with us. I would only guess. I haven't talked to you about it. Was your favorite commercial Sylvester Stallone? It was okay until he sneezed and then okay. fell. No handkerchiefs. But it, kind of, it was kind of like a it was like kind of like a cliffhanger <laughs> movie reference. So I I thought that was pretty good. We'll we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get to that later on. But I it wasn't my favorite though. My now my all time not that anybody cares out there, but my my all time favorite because I didn't have a, a dog in the hunt in this. I didn't care who won. I just wanted a good competitive game at thirty five thirty five. I'm thinking, wow, we may go overtime. How about that? And then, um, but, you know, the one game, of course, that it will never, ever supersede anything was with the Jets when beat the Colts because I had a, I was such a Jets fan back then. And I, I think probably with you would be the Saints when they won the Super Bowl. Sure. With Super Bowl uh, in 09. Nick, the one with Falcons was in, that was a good one, right? <laughs> um, it was I, for a I while. I don't have any recollection of that. Yeah. Okay. All right, 615, scoreboard traffic and weather are next. Uh, we'll talk to Drew, Drew DeArmond, uh in Huntsville. He covers SEC basketball. We'll get his take on Auburn, Alabama. Ross Jackson on the Super Bowl from Crescent City Sports at 7. Uh, John Ricchetti will do the Middle Light Golf Report at 8. And you mentioned Robbie Baker at Fox TV Sports in Phoenix. Other than that, we're wide open to talk to you guys. Game, halftime show, commercials, you name it. Alabama-Auburn, it's on the table. Phone lines are open, 694-1055. It's the opening kickoff, just getting started. This is Jason Caffey. Thank you for listening to WNSP 105.5 FM. Six twenty-one. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. Just getting started on this Monday edition. Thanks for making us part of your morning. Mark and Lee from the studios at WNSP. It's something we often do not talk about: the play-by-play call and the commentator. And for their first time ever, I thought Ken Burkhart and Greg Olson did a, a, a very commendable job. I really did. Uh, Olson, of course, in his first year, a rookie commentator going to the Super Bowl. And there's been so much speculation that when Tom Brady decides he wants to enter the Fox booth, that Olson would be on the way out. But Olson made a very strong case for himself yesterday and made a lot of good points. So I, I thought the announcing uh, lived up to the hype of the game. And the other thing I, I was going to comment on also, Mark, and, and we will be talking about this in the next uh, segment with Drew DeArmond, who follows SEC basketball, Alabama now, I think, has a really good shot at being number one. Now, I don't vote. Uh, I don't know if they'll put Houston at number one. But since Alabama beat Houston this year, heck, why not? We kind of need to see them up there. Yeah, uh, I watched most of that Alabama-Auburn game. I'll tell you this. Uh, that score is not indicative of what that game was like. That game was a lot closer uh, then that score shows it was a incredible, incredible environment for uh, for anybody to walk into and win. So you have to give Alabama credit for winning that game. But man, what a fight Auburn put up! It was a great game. Kid hit a full court putt for a car, and that's which, something. Which I'm sure he'll have to pay taxes on. But 
whatever, dude. It was still a hell of a putt, and uh, it was a, just a great college basketball environment. So here's the deal, though. Now I'm starting to wonder, is Auburn slipping maybe out of the NCAA tournament? They've lost, what, four out of five? And, and you're right, and even the announcers were saying what a great game it was and how close. But the point is, Auburn can't close. Mark, you being a coach, you know that. that That's four games now. They've lost by just a couple of points, but they can't finish. This was an Auburn team that last year could finish. They found a way to do it. Of course, you had Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler. You don't have those guys now, and, and they're very competitive. They take you right down to the wire, but they're not closing. I'd be a little bit concerned. I, I still think they're in the hunt. I still think they're in the uh, the field of 64, but in losing four of their last five, they need a win and a significant win at that, too. Now, they do play at Alabama, which I think is going to be very tough to win. And the other question is, I, I, I'm still thinking Alabama could go undefeated this year in regular season. Well, uh, over the weekend seemed to be the one opportunity or the best opportunity for, for an SEC team to get them. Uh, and uh, Auburn just didn't – it just didn't work out. But, man, they had them on the ropes there for, what, for, for a minute. It was, it was a hell of a ball game. You guys can jump in at 694-1055. All right, Lee, what was your favorite commercial? You were talking about how yeah. you were really looking forward I, to the Breaking Bad one. You know what happened, though, Mark? First of all, that didn't come into the third quarter. By then, I had lost interest. The game was so good, really good, that I just lost interest in the commercials. Um, it was okay. I, you and I talked about this before. I actually thought the local commercial by the attorney was because I, I, the theme Ferris Bueller, yeah, I, I, he did a good job. I, that was actually one of my favorites. I thought most of them were silly. I, I thought that um, I, I did more. You know what? In the beginning, I thought the Dunkin' Donuts was cute. I that like that. One, I actually like that one. I, I thought that one was Don't pretty good. Agree on that? Yeah. Ben Affleck delivering, and then his wife Jennifer Lopez comes by. I, I guess because I didn't. Look, I admitted, I, I don't think I'll do it again. I watched a lot of the commercials beforehand, so I already knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know about the Dunkin' Donuts one. I like that one. You got a, you got a favorite in there, Nick. Uh, there were a couple good ones, a couple stupid ones. Um, I, I like the Pepsi one with Ben Stiller and Steve Martin. Yeah. I thought that was kind of clever. Like, are they acting? You got to taste the drink to know. It's like, uh, I guess that's pretty smart. Uh, I like the uh, G. I like the Will Ferrell GM Netflix one uh, because that one was was funny. But was that a commercial for Netflix? Who cares? It was. See, it here was. we go. This is the conversation yeah. Lee and I have every year. Yeah, I don't care what the product's right. for. Okay. I just want to be entertained. So him dressed as. Uh, Dusty from Stranger Things, I thought, and being in Squid Games, yeah. what, what's that smell? And then he just like that. That to me was really. Did funny. you like the Caddyshack one? Uh Serena and whoever else was in it. Um, no, I, I didn't really. Like that. Uh, See, I, that I don't right. like when it's like they're trying to be yeah. cheeky and funny, and and it just doesn't hit. That I, really makes. I me mentioned. Crazy. I thought for sure Stallone would get to you. I, I had I, forgotten he was going to be. I thought. I thought that one was well on its way to being really good, and then you know, I, you know, he well, falls. I, mean, I don't even know like, what product was it. Paramount, I think. Yeah, so Paramount yeah. Plus. Yeah, I think the Breaking Bad one was probably the best one, though. It was. It was good. That it was good. I, I enjoyed the Breaking Bad one. I, I thought of you, Lee, when Thank it came you. on. Well, the one the part about Breaking Bad was it. it 
it was like you had the real actors, right? You had the people who made Breaking Bad, the two, and they played it serious. That's what I liked about it. It wasn't totally goofy or anything like that. I had no clue what the product was. Have you? Do you guys ever chew on that stuff? I've never. I didn't even know existed. And then I have to apologize. I didn't know. Hot corners is it, or pop corners, or something? Pop corners. Yeah. Air I, I, pop. What is it? Like a potato chips. chip? I think it's like a, it's like a corn chip, but they pop it instead of frying it. Okay. Right. Well, he did mention it wasn't fried, so <laughs> that's like. But I thought that was good. I like Brian Cranston. And every once in a while, there's one that kind of tugs at the heartstrings. So like the the farmer's dog one, like where the she grows up. By the way, that's the oldest dog in the history of the world because she got the dog when she was like a little like little kid, and now the dog is like she's like thirty or whatever. Uh, but that one tugged at the heartstrings a little bit. I, by the way, for those who did not know, and I didn't know until, well, yesterday in, in Googling, Budweiser did not have exclusivity yesterday. It's the first time in 33 years they gave up exclusivity. So you had Miller Lite come back. You had Miller. There was another... Uh, there was another uh, uh, Michelob Ultra, I think. That's it, Michelob. And I and actually, I like that first commercial. I forgot what it was. If you can clue me in, I forgot. The first one I saw was pretty good, but it's the first time you've had competing beers on the Super Bowl because Budweiser had owned the rights for years and years. We didn't. We'll get to it later. But a bunch of movie trailers dropped, uh, and I'll say this: Michael Keaton's the big winner. Yeah. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later. We come back, we'll talk some SEC basketball. Drew DeArmond will join us. Ross Jackson, 7. Continue with your uh, comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Monday edition. Appreciate you making us part of your morning. The opening kickoff. Mark and Lee right here on the sports station WNSP. All right. Uh, Nick, why don't you clue our audience? We we have a Chick-fil-A coming up in about an hour, but you said we do have um, uh, another giveaway today, Days of Revelry. Yeah, that's right. If you, uh, Whenever you hear the Mardi Gras music, if you're the first caller on the line, then today you're going to win a Mardi Gras package. Every day it's a different gift. I think we have like a Rooster's gift card coming up. Uh, <laughs> some, a Nixon's gift card. All type of fun things. Every day something different. All you have to do is listen for the Mardi Gras sounder. But remember, it's not necessarily in a spot. You know, sometimes we, every year, every time this year when we do something with sounders, we have to warn our listeners. Sometimes there's some commercials with, you know, Mardi Gras music in it. We're going to have to play the Mardi Gras music. When you hear that Mardi Gras sounder, be the first one and you'll get the, the, uh, the goodies of the day. And we'll do that for the foreseeable future right here on the sports station WNSP. By the way, we're going to get back to the Super Bowl as well. Uh, at some point, but I don't know how many of you guys stuck with it, but Terry Bradshaw 
kind of going after Andy Reid's weight a little bit a few times in the in the trophy presentation. Kept calling him big guy. Come on over and waddle over here. And then he mentioned about, hey, have a cheeseburger on us. Like, dude, dude just won the Super Bowl. I don't, give him a break. Yeah, and no, I was glad to see Andy Reid announce he's coming back. There had been a story prior to the game that he might announce that he was retiring. Kind of glad he is coming back, Mark. Uh, he's he's great for the game. He's as Patrick Mahomes said, with Reed running the offense, we're in good shape, and they uh, certainly showed that yesterday. So uh, Reed now with his second, and, and you know this had to taste a even better because it was against his former team, the Eagles. He never won a Super Bowl. He got there one time. All right, let's change gears now. Let's talk some college uh, basketball with Drew DeArmond, talk show host up in Huntsville, 97.7. Drew, good morning. How are you today? Good, Mark and Lee. How are you guys? Two questions I'm going to throw right at you. Number one, does Alabama – get to be number one in the AP college basketball poll with Purdue going down? And number two, is Auburn now slipping out of the NCAA tournament? Well, number one, I, I my, my gut would tell me it's still going to be Houston. And I know Alabama beat Houston on the road, but it's just the way, the way of the world. I think Alabama will get a lot of votes. I think they'll probably finish a close second and be number two. Uh, but my gut is that Houston will move up to number one after Purdue lost to Northwestern yesterday, uh, 64-58. And then with Auburn, I'll just say right now it's perilous for them. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're slipping towards the, the, the right end of the bubble, but the bubble nonetheless. Uh, if this game against Missouri coming up on Tuesday and Neville Arena is huge, they've got to get that win. Uh, you know, as we talked about on the show, Lee, their schedule on the back end is really tough. Uh, you know, they've got six games left now, and I thought going in, if Alabama got them at home, that they would need to go four and three in their last seven to feel good. Uh, now, they've, now they're down to six. So, to me, I mean, I, I think when you look at it, uh, they need to get four Ws to feel good and going into the SEC tournament, and one of them needs to start against Missouri on Tuesday. But, I mean, if, if they continue to slide a little bit because they don't have many quad one wins, they don't really have a signature win, that it could be perilous. And I'll just say this, too. Missouri has played their way into the conversation due to what they did against Tennessee on Saturday. And that was what an ending that was. And Rick Barnes' group is going to be, you know, looking to turn it around. Because they're, they're, they're in the tournament, but right now they're probably on the three line, slipped from the one to the two to now the three. And they're going to need to beat Alabama to start ascending again. But two really tough losses last week for Rick Barnes, both of them at the buzzer to Vanderbilt and Missouri. All right, that bubble is getting a little crowded uh, with SEC teams. Florida apparently on the bubble. How about Kentucky? And now, like I said, I I hate to say it, but I think Auburn is slipping. It's almost like they were on that field yesterday at the, uh, the, the Super Bowl, slipping towards that bubble because I agree with you. They have no significant wins, signature wins, plus they don't know how to close. Uh, Auburn's biggest problem is, you know, they have so many narrow losses. I mean, you know, Texas A&M on the road, Alabama at home. Uh, you know, they just haven't been able to finish. You know, they and that game, you know, that they, they uh, you know, that they have with uh, Vanderbilt coming up is going to be big. That's a tricky one in Memorial Gym. Vanderbilt is just playing a spoiler with a lot of teams, guys. I mean, they're playing really good basketball. Uh, they got a big win on Saturday as well, and so they're. 
they're they're uh, you know Jerry Stackhouse's group is really playing well. They won at Florida, eighty-eight to eighty. Uh, you know, I, so they're. Uh, I'll just say this: I, I do think Auburn. They, they they've got to beat Ole Miss. Uh, you know, in Neville Arena, that's a, that's a must win. So uh, I would just say that I, I think, but I will say another team that's ascending in the opposite direction that's getting into the conversation on the bubble is Mississippi State. Uh, they nearly beat Alabama uh, in Coleman a, a couple of weeks ago. They've won five in a row. They're still on the other side of the bubble, but now they're in the conversation as far as maybe in the last eight teams out of the tournament, uh, and they can continue to climb, too. I'll tell you what, guys. It's almost an elimination game on, on uh, this week when Mississippi State and Kentucky play because uh, I'm just telling you, you just mentioned it, Lee. Kentucky right now is not very good. They, they, I mean, I was I watched that Georgia game. Georgia is a is a rebuilding program under Mike White. That's a game Kentucky needed to get. They're, they're banged up. Xavier Wheeler's not playing. Uh, they don't have all their pieces right now on the floor, but and, uh, and Frederick as well. But again, uh, they, you know, there's no excuses now. You have to play with what you got. And Kentucky, Mississippi State, that's going to be a, a tough game on uh, later this week. And I, I just say this: the winner of that game, I think, is still alive. But if you're Kentucky and you lose to Mississippi State, uh, then I think you're in really, really big trouble. And that's at the hump, too. And Mississippi State right now is just playing. It's probably Alabama and Mississippi State are probably the two hottest teams in the league. And so, again, I just think I agree with you, Lee. I think Kentucky's in some trouble. How about this? And we're talking to Drew DeArm in Huntsville Radio Talk Show. How about this? Is it possible that Kentucky – Duke and North Carolina could miss the NCAA tournament. I, it is. I don't think all three of them will, Lee. And, uh, boy, what an egregious error by the ACC on uh, Saturday in Charlottesville. I, I saw the end of that game, how they couldn't look at the monitor. And they did and see that the light wasn't on when he got fouled and that didn't give Duke two free throws to try to win the game is crazy. I, I think Duke will get in, though. I think they're going to do enough. I think Carolina's win was significant on Saturday. I think Duke and Carolina are going to get in, but I'm not sure Kentucky will. I think they may end up in the NIT uh, just because I don't like the way they're playing. I mean, I, you know, Shibway is a great player, but I, I don't think they've got good enough guard play. And as you guys know, Mark and Lee, guard play is what wins today. Uh, I don't think Kentucky's guards all year have been good enough. I don't think they're going to be good enough to get them in. And, uh, you know, if Kentucky, I'll say this, if Kentucky gets in the tournament, it's going to be crazy. They'll probably be in the first four. But I think that loss Saturday to Georgia was really crippling. I don't expect them to win in Humphrey Coliseum on on, excuse me, on Wednesday. And if that happens, you know, you're, you're talking – they may be, you know, the 8, 9, 10 seed in the SEC tournament. I know they're not used to that, uh, which means they're going to have to win two or three games in the SEC tournament, which is not inconceivable. But I just don't see this Kentucky team as being dynamic enough offensively to get that done. But I still like Carolina and Duke's chance to get in the tournament. But, Lee, yes, that is not inconceivable that all three of them miss, which would be crazy. And I think the last time that happened was, uh, I want to say, during the COVID season, I think Duke and Kentucky missed, and Carolina lost in a route in the first round. All right, you mentioned guard play, and then I look to Auburn. Is that the reason they're not finishing, they're not closing, they're not getting guard play at the end of the game? That's where their strength was supposed to be, with the guard play. Well, I saw 
thought on Saturday, though, honestly, I thought, you know, Wendell Green played great. I mean, he gave them a great chance to win. Uh, he didn't turn it over a lot. He shot the ball exceptionally well. Um, I thought where Alabama won the game is they did a better job. They were able to hold Jodi Broom to eight points. And he was only three for 11 from the floor. Uh, you know, they and I, I will say I thought Alabama uh, did a better job rebounding in the second half. Auburn stayed in it with offense and rebound. They did a really good job with that. And Alabama limited Jalen Williams in the second half. He had 14 and a half one, uh, and I thought was the best player on the floor. But Wendell Green, I know he, he he cooled off a little bit down the stretch, but he still gave him 24 points. And honestly. I thought KD Johnson uh, gave him uh, better production than he's been giving him. I know he only he was only three for nine from the four, but he gave him twelve points. I thought down the stretch, though, and I think that's what you're kind of referring to. I thought in the last three, four, five minutes, and that's kind of winning time. I thought KD Johnson made some mistakes. Uh, they didn't get enough out of Zepp Jasper. I thought Wendell Green didn't get enough help on the perimeter. Flanagan missed that layup late. I know there was some thought they were you know there was some contact. He didn't get the foul call, but I just thought late in the game Wendell Green didn't get enough help from the rest of the Auburn team offensively, and that's kind of been Auburn's problem. But you mentioned it at the start of the segment. Closing has been an issue. Auburn in the last four to five minutes of games has not been very good offensively, and that's the riddle they're going to have to solve uh, if they're going to you know, finish this uh, last six games strong, get four wins, maybe go four and two, uh, and uh, be comfortably in the NCAA tournament going into Nashville. All right, Drew, before I let you go, one-word answer, yes or no. Does Alabama go undefeated during the regular season in conference play? I would say no. I still think it's going to be tough to go 18-0, Lee, but I'll say this. That was a big win on Saturday. And if we're talking next week at this time and they win at Tennessee, uh, then we may be having a different conversation. But certainly uh, the opportunity is there, the schedule set up. And don't forget, at the end of the regular season, they've got a very tricky road trip to Texas A&M. And A&M quietly is still two games uh, behind Alabama. They're in second place by themselves. Drew, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Have a good show today. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate it. Mark, my feeling is they're going to beat Tennessee. A&M would be the only slippery slope there. And I'm going to – it's just a total guess on my part. I'd like to hear your thoughts. I think they go undefeated during the regular season. They have just so many parts working well. Yeah. Um, where are those games? They're at Tennessee. They're at A&M. I'd be more concerned about A&M than I am at Tennessee now. Tennessee can't shoot. They're like mm-hmm. Auburn. They can't shoot. Yeah, that game was a lot closer to the Auburn game, I mean, than the score indicated. That That is not indicative of what that game was like. Uh, I, I, I think they I think they probably drop one. I, w- I would be concerned with Tennessee, actually. I still think that is a very dangerous team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, look, it was as good a quality win as you can get. I mean, it because Auburn's been on a slide, it probably isn't going to get the – credit it deserves to go into such a hostile environment and win like they did but that was a huge win for Alabama couldn't agree with you more did you get to see the golf shot the putt yes I did it was uh it was impressive 94 foot putt yeah I I mean I mean how do you you don't actually you just hit it right I mean there's there's no strategy there you just it's on a wooden floor it's on a wooden floor so let me say this also last week I spent a lot of time talking about this past weekend being huge at Auburn. You had the South Carolina basketball team coming to Auburn. You had... 
In Philadelphia, here's Sipos. Low sinking kick. Tony on the run. Still up on his feet. Tony has a wall. It's another block. Tony inside the 20. Tony still going, and he's down to the five. Yeah, there you go, Kadarius. Tony, welcome back in. 652. I thought that one was just as big as the Hurts fumble uh, that we talked about earlier today um, in the first half. But think about this, Mark. And again, it's, it's you can't go back and change history, but had he not fumbled, all right, you're probably looking at a 24 to 7. Oh, yeah. Maybe even more had they scored on that play. Not on that play, but on that drive because they, they couldn't be stopped. They dominate. I've never seen such domination, or I can't remember such domination, where Kansas City hardly had the ball at all in the first half. So Kansas City couldn't stop them, much like Philadelphia couldn't stop Kansas City in the second half. So you may be looking at, at, at the very least, a 24-7 lead. And I don't know if that would have been insurmountable. Maybe not in this day and age. But how about this? The Eagle pass defense, the rush, no sacks at all. How yeah. do you how do you how do you do that? I mean, they they were only like one or two shy of the all time NFL record held by the Bears of eighty five, yeah, and, and couldn't get to the quarterback. Yeah, who had a bum ankle, I might add. Exactly. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it the the circumstances couldn't have been even couldn't have been more perfect for the Eagles going into the second half, up ten. Bum ankle for Mahomes. Were you worried? And then you had the momentum. Were you worried when he went into the locker room at halftime that it could get pretty bad in the second half because you know you had that long halftime show and you know you're not working on adrenaline. No, I I thought that just gave him more time to shoot him up with whatever NFL players get shot up with these days. I figured the extra time was probably advantageous for him. Um, I was expecting Chad Henney to maybe get in. By the way, and as I said earlier, he announces retirement after the game. Yeah, that's a good time to do it while you're on top. Uh, you guys can jump in, 694-1055. All right, did you all have a problem with Terry Bradshaw and his – or did you not see I it? I went to sleep before that happened. Did I, you see it, Nick? Yes. What would you think? I thought it was really cringy. Yeah. He kept um, misspeaking, and he was trying to make all these jokes, but he just kept flubbing up the line – it was tough. I, I, as I was watching it, I was wondering why the heck did they pick this guy to do this job? Like, you know, the award. Um, right. By the way, Nick and, and Mark, do you know that everybody on that crew picked Philadelphia to win? And Bradshaw, I don't know if you saw the pregame, everybody, Jimmy Johnson, the whole gang of six, Strahan, were picking Philadelphia. So Bradshaw said, I was going to pick philadelphia too but i may change to kansas city because all of you are picking philadelphia so i think that's going to backfire on us but then he comes back and says ah, i'll stay with philadelphia yeah well he said big guy let me get the big guy in here yeah come which, waddle over here and then he which was okay at that point i think he's like come on waddle over here i'm like all right dude dude just won the super bowl give him a break and then after the interview like as they are concluding the very short exchange he's like have a cheeseburger on us. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Terry. You're better than that. He's I actually mean, dropped and, a little and weight. He took it all well. He did. He did, but uh, social media did not. I mean, it was very apparent that people were like, cringe is a good word. Um, you, you it wasn't that funny. No. 
No, and I, I'd seen where some people said that they are what good was, friends and have a good personal relationship, but there's a time and place for everything. You hit it once, it doesn't land. Maybe, maybe you don't try again. You sure as hell don't try a third time. So, what was Reed's? Did he say anything at all, or just basically? No, he, he um, pretty much ignored it and just kind of, you know, he was kind of in the moment. But I just, I didn't think it was a great. It, like it was not a great look. Terry was he was doing too much talking, even when he had Patrick, uh, the uh, the owner, when he was talking to the owner. And when Travis Kelsey came up there, it felt like Terry Bradshaw was just not letting the men of the hour speak. Yeah. And he was really trying to get in all these little one-liners and stuff. It wasn't good. Which yeah. maybe leads to the question, has time passed him by on that? He's been on that Fox podium for a long, long time now. Is it time for a change? I know they had Gronk yesterday. Is it time for new blood? You know, Strahan's new. Uh, of course, Howie Long's been there for a while. Is it time maybe to retire? Um, Get some new blood in there. Maybe he's just trying to out outlive uh, the career of a Shervanian. What <laughs> Hall of Famer can go the longest? Ooh, yeah. By the way, Gronk was in a commercial with like FanDuel or something where yeah, he had it was to like if he made a field goal, you'd get ten million dollars. Yep. It actually, I didn't spend a whole missed. lot of time looking at it, but I thought it looked pretty good. It looked <laughs> it. I, I thought, thought it was it. In. So did I. And then they were like, he missed it, and I was like, oh, maybe my eyes are just. I thought stupid. he, I thought he hit it. I don't know. On the subject of commercials, I forgot one. I, I went back and looked at my list, uh, and I have right at the top the Bradley Cooper T-Mobile. You with like the mom. One? Oh, I really like that one with the mom. And then when, you know, he said how many times he's been nominated and the mom said, yeah, but you haven't won any yet. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. It was I almost like that the was outtakes. Clever. It was almost like they had so many outtakes or just yeah. like, screw it. We're just going to take the outtakes and we'll put together a commercial and, and we're done. I was surprised we didn't have the Clydesdales. Like I said, Budweiser gave up exclusivity for the first time in like 35 years. But there was no, there was no, like you brought up the one about the farmer's dog or something like that there was nothing that tugged at the heartstrings except maybe that one and of course at the outset it wasn't a commercial when they uh, that uh, ensemble sang Shenandoah and the American flag and everything yeah yeah but other than that with the commercials it wasn't like usually animals will hey by the way have you got your tickets for cocaine bear yet no <laughs> no speaking of where do they come up with ideas like this was that the best national anthem of all time I missed it. I didn't oh, say it. Oh, wow. I wouldn't say it's... I, I'm not going to... Look, I, one thing I'm not going to do is ever criticize anybody who, who tackles the national anthem. But let me ask you this, Nick. Was it lip-synced? <laughs> no. I read that this weekend that most everything that's done musically, except maybe the lead artist, is lip-synced because of the difficulty and the background and everything. And I was trying to figure out... I can't tell... If Chris Stapleton was lip-syncing or he was actually doing that live, what do you think? It was live. He was just sitting there. All right. Playing so it was the, guitar. the So it was the best ever. I'm gonna say yeah. Better than Whitney Houston's. Mm, I can't and, remember and that let, off the top of my head. Let but me back up on was that. Crying. I've never seen so many right. tears. But I understand Whitney's <laughs> was lip-synced. Well, then she's disqualified. Are you talking about everybody was crying or just the coats? With Sirianni. There was tears were welling. Okay. Well, we will tackle that in hour number two. I'll have to go back and watch. Ross Jackson will kick things off. We'll talk some Super Bowl. 
And of course, we'll talk to you. 694-1055 is the opening kickoff. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 704, thanks for hanging with us. The opening kickoff on this Monday edition, post-Super Bowl, Mark and Lee from the studios of WNSP. All right, uh, we'll get a reaction now on the Super Bowl from Ross Jackson from Crescent City Sports. He covers the Saints, but he covers the entire NFL. Ross, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Let's try it again. Ross, good morning. Lee Shervanian along with Mark Heim. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, buddy. Doing great. Doing great. Thanks so much, as always, for having me on. Hope you guys are doing well. Hey, we are, and especially after last night. In my opinion, one of the best Super Bowl games I've seen in my lifetime, and I go back to the first one back in 67. Was this – how would you rate this one? Oh, it was a top one. I mean, it was great. I thought everything about this one was really, really solid. We had action. We got points. We got scores. We got defensive touchdowns. We had a great – I thought a great halftime performance. I know a lot of people are kind of upset with it. I don't know. I enjoyed it. And then we have uh, – the only thing that I, I, I take away from it that is like my one kind of complaint is just that the game kind of ends on this like little tiny kind of holding call that even James Bradbury himself said, you know, yeah, I tugged on this jersey. It was the right call. But to me, it just felt like the ball was incatchable. It didn't really have an impact. It didn't really have an effect on the play. And so I would have loved to have seen these two teams be able to really go back and forth to that two-minute drill as opposed to it just kind of ending on, you know, a couple of runs, a couple of knees and a field goal. But, hey, 38-35, much better than that bogus Super Bowl we got a few years ago between the Patriots and Rams. All right, but how about this now? Had the running back, was it McKinnon? I'm trying to remember, actually went in and scored. How smart was that to stop before he got to the one-yard line? (laughs) See, now if he had scored, then maybe we get some excitement to see if the Eagles can go down and score. Absolutely, yeah. That might end up being the Chiefs' most important play of the game because you could see all the Philadelphia Eagles just kind of letting up and saying, all right, let him score, get the ball back to Jalen Hurts. He's on fire. It'll be all right. And uh, Jarrett McKinnon wisely choosing team over me, which is something that you know a lot of teams preach these days, big team, little me. And uh, Jarrett McKinnon you know, picked the right side of that, took that you know, surrendered, kind of gave up, gave that slide, and then uh, ended up putting the Chiefs in position to just kick a field goal to bring it home. I thought that was probably the most important play for the Chiefs uh, during that game. Ross, what really uh, surprised me was that the Eagles' pass rush could not get a sack. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, 70 sacks in the regular season, franchise record for for the team, and then all of a sudden, the biggest game of the year, and they just disappear. And, you know, I guess we, we should give the the Kansas City the offensive line credit there too that they did a good job blocking up front and you know Patrick Mahomes and his ability to be creative with the ball in his hand after the snap even while dealing with that high ankle sprain I mean I'm glad that it was all worth it for <laughs> Patrick Mahomes to win you know Super Bowl MVP after playing on that high ankle sprain and you know dealing with a, a bit of an aggravation with it early on in the game but um, yeah, I thought it was a bit shocking a bit surprising to see how well Kansas City had game planned around that Philadelphia Eagles pass rush and how the Philadelphia Eagles pass rush even when it had its opportunities to affect the plays 
had trouble doing exactly that. So that was uh, maybe a, a really interesting part of this matchup was watching the pass rush either be erased on some, some plays or disappear on others. That and the fact the Eagles in the first half, those long drives at Kansas City hardly even mm-hmm. touched the ball. The offense hardly touched the ball in that first half. And, and, and the, the, the ball domination by the Eagles and then the fact that the Chiefs could come out and, and just totally dominate, not totally, but dominate the second half. Yeah, it's helpful, though, when you're the Kansas City Chiefs, even though your offense wasn't on the field, but for you know less than nine minutes in the first half, your defense came away with a score on the, uh, the scoop and score by um, – by Nick Bolton on uh, the Jalen Hurts fumble. And so that defensive touchdown ends up keeping them in the game throughout that first half or going into the second half instead of being at, you know, uh, what would have been, what, a 17-point deficit? They're in a, they were in a 14-point a deficit, so that ended up being, or a 10-point deficit, so that ended up being a, a big moment for them that even though that offense couldn't get on the field, because the Eagles offense is doing a great job staying on the field, they end up, you know, the Eagles give up their first turnover of the uh, of the postseason, and it results in an immediate touchdown and puts points on the board for Kansas City. So, so Ross, I continue to be baffled about what is a catch, what isn't. Like I, I, ne- <laughs> I, I so, so in the second, right, the swing pass was overturned on review, right, nullifying the fumble in the KCTD. That looked like a catch to me. I know they start talking about all, all three criteria and he didn't make a, a football move. But if he catches that and doesn't move and doesn't make a football move and just stands there for five seconds, I mean, it's still a catch, right? So I thought that was a catch. And then the, the Dallas uh, Gobert or, uh, got, the, or, uh, got the third in a mile, right? So then there was that substitution fraction. They didn't review it. Then they had the substitution infraction. So it allowed them to review it. I didn't think he had... Uh, control with the second foot uh, they challenged the play but Philly won that review so I, I don't know yeah it was it was all a, a, a weird you know couple ones they also had the, the Devonta Smith catch early yes. on in the game as well that was that to me was a catch and then was overturned and claimed to have enough evidence that it it wasn't a catch. I actually, uh, I thought that the the swing pass was a catch, but the, or wasn't a catch. Excuse me. But the reason being that he didn't make a football move and he didn't have time. So to me, it was yeah. two of the three criteria weren't there. You're right. If he would have, you know, never made a football move but just stood there, then he would have at least had time and the initial, you know, in the initial catch. But he didn't have either of those things. And then so that one didn't necessarily surprise me. But it was inconsistent still that then the Dallas Goddard one didn't get called. Or did get called a catch because it didn't it, it met this or didn't meet the same criteria at the same level to me that the uh, Sanders catch and fumble or not fumble uh, did meet or didn't meet as well. So to me, those those were on the same you know on the same criteria and in the same situations, but yet called two completely different ways. And so and if you think back to you know the New Orleans Saints season, we had a Chris Olave catch that should have been called a catch but wasn't called a catch because he gets two feet down and then instead of getting a third foot down as he's taking his third step he trips over himself that was called incomplete but yet the Dallas Goddard one was called complete so I, I don't know like there's so many different ways Dallas it feels like it's you know outside of the handoff it's the most basic part of football is catching a football, but yet the most basic part of football doesn't have a clearly defined term in terms of what is and what isn't uh, a catch. So I don't know. It's all it's all very strange. Uh, all I wanted was for the referees to kind of stay out of the way for the Super Bowl, and for the most part they did, but you know, they found their way to get their headlines from the left. All right, let me ask you this about the Saints. Uh, Derek Carr visited the Saints camp. 
Now he says he is vetoing any trade to the Saints or anybody else, which means he'll be released. Do you think he winds up a Saint? I I don't know. I, I think that it's a longer shot now that he does. I was you know I was already kind of only giving it maybe at best like a a sixty percent chance that he was via trade. And so now I'd probably drop that below 50% to about 40% or so. I would just flip the odds. Uh, for me, like if, if, if the hang-up here was that the Saints were willing to part ways with a third-rounder to get him to New Orleans but didn't want to adjust his contract, then why would he then be released by the Raiders and then go to New Orleans and allow them to adjust the contract that he could have had had he been traded to them? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. And so uh, I think that you know what Derek Carr is doing is wise, though. I think it's a smart decision for him. It's good, good leadership by his representation um, as well to a not do the Raiders any favors and return the mini draft draft stock for his you know departure remember even if he goes out and signs somewhere he won't count towards the compensatory pick formula for the Raiders because they released him he's not on an expiring contract and only expiring contracts go towards that formula so no matter what the Raiders kind of get nothing out of this the other piece of it is that now they get an opportunity to go do a little tour around the NFL, go and visit all of the desperate quarterback needy teams that are out there and figure out what his market is and potentially raise his market and stir up a little bit of a bidding war. And I think that's something that New Orleans is willing to sit back and watch to see what his market is before they jump in because they are not going to come up on their price. They, they, that's not what this organization does. And so I, I don't know that they jump in on a bidding war at all, but perhaps they look back and see what what type of market develops. And then if he ends up finding the market that they would have restructured his contract to or renegotiated his contract to, then then they'll end up kind of entering the conversation again. But I don't know. I think it's a little bit less likely now uh, or certainly a lot more complicated now to, to get him in as a free agent than if they would have been able to trade for him. Uh, Ross, if uh, they don't get Carr, are you okay with staying with what they've got now, or do you see them going outside? No, I think you have to go outside and at least get an opportunity. Um, you know, see what you can find out there. You've got to go after Jimmy Garoppolo. You've got to see if you know you're willing to you know look at some of these other kind of mid-tier free agents. You got to wait to see how the market develops around Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson if they if they end up being traded. All those things. Uh, I think you got to look into all those things first. And then even if you do go back to just sort of the status quo and you end up bringing back Andy Dalton, we'll see what happens with Jameis Winston. I think you still have to draft a quarterback in that case because neither of those guys are your future. And I don't think you can you can continue to wait to find your future, right? In 2024, you're either going to be able to pick a quarterback or you're not. doesn't matter. You've got to grab, go and grab one where you can here. And so if there's somebody at the bottom of the first round that makes sense or if there's somebody that's in a tradable distance from New Orleans that makes sense, I think they got to go and do that. Uh, but, you know, we'll see exactly how they how they go about it. But, you know, I don't think we're too far away from the reality of a, you know, 2023 running it back with Andy Dalton. One final Super Bowl question. Eagles or Chiefs, which team has the best chance to get back to the Super Bowl next season? Uh, as long as Andy Reid doesn't retire, Chiefs. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it was so interesting. The, the post-game press conferences or the, the post-game, like, on-field interviews, with Patrick Mahomes and, and uh, Travis Kelsey, they were all kind of you know shouting about how nobody picked them and how everybody counted them out and how they were in a rebuild year and all this other stuff. I, I don't know where they're manufacturing that adversity from, but like everyone understands that this is still Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And as long as it's 
that you know as long as that's who the Kansas City Chiefs are, they're perennial Super Bowl contenders. So you know, I, I always give the opportunity back to the team that wins a Super Bowl. It's easier to win a Super Bowl once you've won a Super Bowl. And so uh, you know, I, I don't think it's outside of the the realm of possibility that the Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are all back there in 2023, uh, as long as you know Andy Reid sticks around. And then even I would extend that to even as long as Andy Reid sticks around or someone of value at head coach replaces Andy Reid if he does you know end up stepping away at any point uh, which we don't know is is the case so I I still give it to Kansas City to be back there again next year Ross we appreciate you getting up with us man how can people continue to follow your coverage of all things NFL Hey, always a pleasure, guys. Thanks so much uh, for having me on. You can find everything I'm doing over uh, over at CrescentCitySports.com in terms of the written work. You can also find uh, the podcast uh, Locked on Saints on your favorite podcast provider and on YouTube as well. And, of course, you can always follow along on Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. Hey, man, have a great uh, week. We appreciate the time. Good talking to you. you. You too, guys. Take care. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather are next. Uh, we are wide open for the next couple segments, so you can jump in on the game. Uh, on Mahomes, on Jalen Hurts, on Kadarius Tony, the commercials, halftime, pregame, you name it, it is all up for grabs right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us. This is Richie Riley, the head men's basketball coach of South Alabama. There's nothing better than listening to WNSP Sports Radio, 105.5 FM. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues. Guys, if you're new to the area, if you're over 65 and still working, or maybe you're looking to retire in the next 12 months, you need to call my guy Aiden Marks over at Medicare Insurance Advisors. There's plenty of information out there, so if you're confused, maybe you're tired of nonstop solicitation calls, or you need a local agent. Well, Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors is all that. He's local, knowledgeable, and has a physical location. That's right. His office in Daphne on Highway 98, across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. You can go see him. He can come to you. And he's been in the Medicare business for 13 years, works with multiple carriers, an independent guy, and he's helped hundreds just like you in both Mobile and Baldwin counties. And guess what? Never a fee for his service. So uh, if you need some information, need some help, give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031, Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. Virtually everybody that I listened to, including the entire Fox Sports crew, picked Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl. The reason, they said they had a better roster from 1 through 53. The only difference was Kansas City had the better quarterback. Keep in mind also this year, that Kansas City lost Tyreek Hill, and that was thought to be a concern for Kansas City. But somehow, some way, they plug in these players. They got Juju, they got uh, Kadarius in a trade with the Giants, and he was only in his 10th game yesterday, Mark, when he had the punt return and he scored the touchdown. And I said earlier, and I'm a, call me a homer, if Mahomes doesn't get the MVP, which he deserved, don't get me wrong, he deserved it, but if you don't give it to the quarterback – you could put Tony in that mix because he had that big punt return to set up the final touchdown. He had the touchdown that put him ahead. So to Kadarius Tony, who has really had a very up-and-down career when he was with the Giants, injuries have been a major problem. I was glad to see him perform on the big stage. In the app, late to the party, but if you talked about the halftime show, it was not good, according to the app. So uh, you guys can jump in. I didn't have a problem with it. I 
I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't falling over myself trying to get to the TV to watch it, but I wasn't, I wasn't looking to turn it off. I thought it was fairly, I thought it was entertaining. Look, it was a pregnant woman, like 2,500 feet over the field. I mean, I thought it was, it was kind of giving me anxiety. You thought maybe, because was the platform shown, was it clear? Could she see be- beneath her? It wasn't clear, was it? That's well, what I was wondering, because that would have given me serious anxiety. When she was singing uh, Shine Bright Like a Diamond, and it was like that real ballad slow part, and you could see that the platform was a little wobbly. Yeah. All right, so let me I ask. Know, I was like, one of those dancers is going to fall off that thing. So why... Why was there a problem with it from, you said, the app? What, what, if you're going to criticize, but why? I mean, I'm not a big fan of Rihanna. I don't know much about her music, but I thought the show was pretty neat. The fact that the heights and all that, and it was a, it was a, it was a nice show. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I understand all her music. I don't. Uh, and for the record, she was pregnant. I know everybody was wondering, and it, I guess I should mention she still is, but uh, everybody was wondering <laughs> I'm during glad you the, clarified that, yeah, Mark. Everybody was wondering on social media, is she pregnant? Yes. Her rep confirmed it after Ooh. the uh, after the performance. She was indeed pregnant. And she had this kind of like her her dancers, by the way, pr- pretty high energy. I thought yep. I thought it was pretty good. Kind of gave me a squid game kind of vibes a little bit there with the with the dancers. I, I don't know why, but So why would Somebody criticized. I, I'd like to know what. What was the problem with it? Because I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, User no underscore M S A D A. You know, if you have a problem, call us or, or app in and tell us what what was wrong with it. I'm I'm not. I don't follow her that. Much. I don't follow her at all. To be honest with you, I don't know much about her music. But the show itself, I agree with Mark, was electrifying. I the think, heights. I think my favorite Super Bowl halftime show was when. Uh, Coldplay did the halftime show, and then Beyonce and Bruno Mars yeah. also came out and did a little dance off. <laughs> now that that was a uh, fire. See, I will. think on a halftime show, if you're if you're a big fan of the musician, you're gonna praise it no matter what. And if you know, in, in my case, I don't know much. I watched the interview with Rihanna before the game during their uh, pregame stuff. And I give you know any entertainer that can go out there like that, they don't get paid. I mean, they get expensive, but you don't get paid. So I I give them a lot of credit. I really do. And as how high up in the air was she? I don't know, three thousand feet. I don't Jeez, know. That's no, like no, she was up there pretty high. I mean, when she looked up to see the fireworks, I thought one of them was going to hit her. I mean, that's how high she was. By the way, the the person that didn't like it said her dancer showed her up. Her dance moves looked like there. She was like my ten year old. Dude, she's pregnant. <laughs> What'd you want her to do? Somersault off the platform Whoa. and splat at midfield? Well, you to do gymnastics? whoever you are, who, who is your favorite Super Bowl performer? Because obviously they must have been really out there dancing their ass off, if yeah. that's what it takes to impress you. Wait, and did you notice that she checked her makeup at one point? Yeah. Like they gave her the, I, didn't, I don't know if that, that was, was part cool. of That was cool. <laughs> now I'm with you. The Bruno Mars halftime was by far... That, that 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 now and Rihanna hasn't performed live in like years, right? It's like six yes, or seven she years. Take care of her baby, and now she got another one. Yep. All right, stay with us. We got a little Chick Fil A next, right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Chick Fil A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A 
All right, 732 here on a Monday. What you got for us today, Lee? People are hankering for some Chick-fil-A. You know, it was closed yesterday. All right, uh, this is this question has to do with the quarterbacks, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, he is the first quarterback. Let me reword that. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes won the MVP and the Super Bowl. Name the last quarterback that was league MVP and in the same season won the Super Bowl. It goes back a ways. There had been a string of about eight or nine quarterbacks who were MVP in this decade who did not win the Super Bowl. So Mahomes makes a little bit of history, the first in this decade or century, and then uh, it should be the century, and then who was the last quarterback to win a Super Bowl, be on a Super Bowl-winning team, and also won the MVP? If you know the answer, 694-1055. All right, there you go. Then you did can. I wear that okay? I, I believe you did. I believe you did. So you guys can jump in at that um, now, and of course you can continue in the app at wnsp.com. Uh, somebody said Dr. Dre's performance took me back. Prince in the rain, not even close. Chris Stapleton's national anthem. Now that was a performance. Um. Justin and Janet were a good uh, halftime show. All, all, somebody wants to know, who, who do you follow musically, Lee? Uh, Bruce Springsteen. That would have been my favorite. But again, that's preferred taste. I mean, you know, you're only out there at the time. I think they, were, they did 12 or 13 minutes, and I like his, the songs, and so I favor it. I mean, and, and I will say, I'll go back. When I was doing the show after the Springsteen concert, and I don't mean to belabor this, but the co-host at the time, I'm not going to name his name, he comes on and he criticizes it. Tim Camp, who's a musician in his own right and is our program director, was running the board. And he says, he basically lowered the boom on the co-host and said, what do you, how can you criticize it? It's like 13 minutes. Like, you know, what's wrong with it? So... Again, it's acquired taste. Mark, is there somebody that you really... And also, I follow the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles have ever done a uh, Super Bowl uh, halftime show. The only thing I thought where the NFL really stumbled when they had the game in Jersey, they should have had Bon Jovi and Springsteen and whoever else came out of that state. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I think that's when they had Bruno Mars, wasn't it? When they had the game in Jersey? I don't remember which Super Bowl it was. How about you? Uh, as far as the music, you know, I, halftime. I, is there anybody? To me, it doesn't have to be. It's not as much about. Now, this may sound ridiculous, but it doesn't. Ha- it's not as much about the music as it is the performance. The performance has to be has to be on par with the um, enormity of the event. The music, to me, is secondary. So I think a lot of people get turned off by the halftime show based on your musical taste, right? Uh, typically, and I'm I'm painting with a broad brush here. Probably a person that likes Chris Stapleton, loves Chris Stapleton, not a huge Rihanna fan, and vice versa. That might not always be the case, but that's why I do think from time to time they try to go very mainstream to appease those that are are so eager to point out deficiencies in a halftime show. My problem is I don't really care who sings as long as there's a good there's a there's a good performance, right? You there's this wow factor. And I thought Rihanna had that. I mean, you had you had the whole fireworks thing, you got her suspended up in air, there was some high energy dancing, it was all good. I, I agree on that. It. it was a very entertaining show, whether you like her music or not. I I enjoyed the show. See, I thought 
I really thought what was going to happen was the music was going to be playing, Rihanna was going to be out there performing, and then something would happen to like the the music, and you hear like the record scratch, and then all the music stops, and like everybody's like, "Whoa, what's going on? What's going on?" And then Rihanna goes, "Please don't stop the music." That would have been lit. And she do what? Please don't stop the music. Yeah. We got a winner on the Chick Fil A, Mister yeah. uh, Rihanna. We do, Philip. Phil no, got Kurt the Warner was the answer. Oh, yeah. There you go. There he, he takes my uh, thunder away from me. How about that? Since he's got this new title now, he thinks he can just butt in. Look at that. Yeah. Hey, Speaking of butting in. Watch your mouth there, Lee. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> yeah, I know. He carries a lot of weight. How much are you up to now? Speaking of uh, butting in, we got to get to the... All right, so, Nick, which movie trailer captivated you the most during the Super Bowl? Well, th- th- first off, they're starting and to do And why this- was it? No, I'm kidding. They're doing this thing where they don't even show the full trailer. They right. show it for like 15 seconds and they say, hey, the trailer's online. Um, I got to go with the Flash trailer, man. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the first really new trailer. We kind of had seen at least some type of trailer from the other movies they uh, previewed. But that movie just looks pretty awesome, man. Even though Ezra Miller, the guy who plays the Flash, is like... <laughs> Uh, pretty controversial and all that, but I'm going to still go uh, see the movie. All right, so I agree with you, but only because Michael Keaton stole the show there. DC needs to stop making movies. No, no, they no. They just no, no. don't do them as well as Marvel does. Look, listen. Listen. James, here we go. Listen. James Gunn. We all like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. We, did you watch that new Suicide Squad movie? No. It was really funny. Okay. Well, James Gunn made that. Okay. So they fired everyone who was the head of DC, and now James Gunn, the Guardians of the Galaxy guy, is now in charge of all of the future DC movies, and apparently this Flash movie completely erases and resets all the crappy DC movies that we uh, know and uh, put up with. So... That 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 gives you something exciting to look forward to, right, Mark? Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy three trailer also. Eh. Eh. Been yeah. there, done that. I don't know. It's the last one. We'll see. Rocket Some- Raccoon. He got like a little otter friend. Someone said there's a nerd fest going on right now. Oh, uh, where at? <laughs> Here. Are they still selling tickets? Uh, Mark, just say you loved In Sync, Aerosmith, and Britney Spears. Okay. I was down with that. I didn't have a problem with that one. Did you you remember that one, Lee? Aerosmith and uh, Britney Spears and NSYNC, the halftime show? I do not. Yeah, that was pretty good. Hey, I go back to 1967 when they had the marching bands out there. And then they had, I forget the group, and things have really changed. Well, obviously they've changed. <laughs> Did you see the difference in the coin toss when they had the coin toss this time? And then they showed you back when the, the first game where they basically had three people out of the field. Now yeah. they got about 50. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They had like uh, a typical coin toss back in the 67 Packers. I guess it was Kansas City. And now you upgrade it and you have all these people out there, the ceremonial coin toss. The referee explains what's on the coin toss, uh, on the coin, and they go through and you got about eight captains on each team. It's, it's amazing how things have changed. Uh Robbie in the app, the only issue for me was the countless crotch grabs when the dancers in their Oompa Loompa suits laying back, dry humping the air. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see why. There were there were a couple comments in my house about how 
maybe they're toting the line here between family-friendly entertainment and not. But uh. Now, to change the subject a little bit, you mentioned on Just the commercials the farmer's dog. Yeah. According to uh, USA Today ad meter, that got number one. Yeah. It tugged at the heartstrings. What is the ad meter? What are they measuring there? It's usually people who uh, weigh in on this, you know, whether it's whatever means of social media, they go on uh, responses to the public. Hmm. Um, wh- where, where does uh, the new Indiana Jones trailer Aye. rank on the ad meter? Yeah. They don't, they don't usually rank the trailers. They just do the commercials. Uh, I see. Hmm. You excited to see that one, Lee? You, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I was so disappointed by number four. Although, and I'm wondering how old he's in his 80s now, isn't he? <laughs> Is it Harrison yeah. Ford in either late 70s or 80s? He's getting up there. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I do like Indiana Jones, all of them. I mean, I some of them. And I didn't enjoy number four. But I'm sure some way, somehow, I'll get a chance to watch it, yes. Am I excited about it? No, not really. But, I mean, if it's there, I'll watch it. Uh, it looked not very good. What? It looked not very good. I'm excited for it. I'm hoping I'm, 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 pre- I'm hoping for the best, prepared for the worst. I saw a report that? that said that is one of the most expensive movies ever made. I'll tell you, Nick. The, the, nati- the latest Indiana Jones? This new one, yeah. Because they do the de-aging thing on Harrison Ford. For a good chunk I'm of more yeah. interested in watching him in Paramount's uh, 1923. I've only seen the first episode. You know, that's the... Oh, that's that uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone uh, takeoff. There was one in, what, 18-whatever, and now they upgraded it to 1923. Uh, and I saw the first episode. I haven't seen the others yet because I don't have Paramount Plus or whatever it's on. But that's what I'd really like to see him in. According to your ad meter, uh, NFL's run with it, where the celebrity uh, women and the flag football. That, oh, that did, was good. That was second. I uh, see, I didn't care for that that much. Did you? Did you? I, I thought it got long. I was like yeah. a whole 60-second spot. Um, I got exhausted watching her. <laughs> uh, Amazon's Saving Sawyer, which was the tale of the unruly dog and the mail-order mate that might calm him down. You remember when I guess they thought they were— I don't were, remember that one. He, I don't remember that They one kept either. looking for crates like they were going to ship him off something, but they were really bringing oh, him a friend. Oh, yes, I do remember that, right? Okay. Those were the top three finishes. That was top—okay. Th- yeah. Where'd uh, they have uh, Breaking Bad? Duncan, Dun- Duncan. The Duncan spot in Breaking Bad— and uh, pop corners, uh, yeah. Duncan Spot and the Breaking Bad were the four and five. How about uh, Bradley Cooper's T-Mobile? That was one of my favorites, uh, along with Duncan. Duncan. I wasn't yeah, liking that one. You didn't like that? I was like, this. It wasn't making me want to sign up for T-Mobile. I'll say that. Well, half so the time I don't even know what they're signing up for. Most of the time I never know what the product is. And Mark even mentioned this. You don't watch them. To I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just for entertainment. Entertainment. You're really wasting your what five million dollar budget marketing budget. How about seven mil? Yeah, even worse. But I'll tell you know, see the Pepsi commercial and the Breaking Bad commercial, those were both funny and they were really selling that product. So I'm gonna give those an A on my commercial grading scale. <laughs> Is that out yet publicly? Because I haven't been able to find it yet. Uh, no, that that's uh that's a uh trademark nick wiggins product uh for my own use only uh i uh i still thought will ferrell was pretty good in his 
I got too long with him. It started out okay, and then it, to me it just... Yeah, maybe a little long. Too long. A little long. <laughs> little long. Okay. A wee bit long. Hmm. Did you see the trailer for the movie Strays, which also had Will Ferrell voicing a stray dog, him and Jamie Foxx. It's like rated R. Looked pretty funny. Animated? No, it's like real dogs, like Homeward Bound type style. Mm. Hmm. Um... Oh, and it look, looks pretty funny. Do you, you know, you're talking about the product and everything and how I'm with you. I hardly even, what was the ones? Oh, I, all right. I know what Sylvester Stallone, that was Paramount. But there was another one in there with Alicia Silverstone, which got not a good rating. And I have no idea what it was for. Uh, when she was in the classroom. Yeah, she was redoing the whole Clueless thing. Oh, the Clueless. Like, yeah. 30 years But I have no idea late. what in the heck she was trying to push. Looks pretty good. Not according to not according yeah. to ad meters. To you, yes, but not to others. No, They're no, he's saying... Product. If she was the product, bye. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what... There's nothing you can really say to... Uh, a loved one in, that, in a situation like that. Um, you know, you uh, you joke around all the time and say that you want to be your brother in the biggest stage ever, but it's um, it's a uh, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling, and that team that uh, that team had, had great leadership, great coaches. Obviously, at the it came down to the end, and uh, we got all the respect in the world for those Eagles, man. But um, there's nothing really I could say to him other than I love him, and uh, and he and he played a hell of a year, a hell of a season. Travis Kelsey there. Welcome back in. Very short segment. We went long there in our last one, but phone lines are open. A couple of uh, in- interesting, let's say, uh, rumors going on. One has to do with South Alabama's football program. Major Applewhite, the offensive coordinator, is reportedly a candidate to uh, become Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator. Uh, that came out over the weekend. Uh, Major's been with South Alabama and Kane for two years now. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm not confirming it. I'm just saying his name has been put out there. And then uh, Alabama's bringing aboard uh, McNulty's his last name. Is it John McNulty? Longtime coach. He's going to be an analyst. He worked with Tommy Reese at uh, Notre Dame for a couple of years. And more recently, he was an offensive coordinator who I think was recently let go. I may have been at Boston College. But John McNulty is going to join Nick Saban's bulging staff there as an analyst. Whoa. Oh, by the way, I'm curious. So there were a lot of different reasons to to cheer for the Chiefs or the Eagles. Who are you, like a majority of you, like who are you guys going for? I didn't really have a horse in the race, but I found myself kind of cheering for the, the Eagles. Um, obviously, with, with Jalen and Devontae, and a, there's like four Alabama guys on the team. But obviously, we've talked a lot about Kadarius Toney uh, for the Chiefs. Were you guys rooting for one over the other? or Same as you, Mark. I, I was rooting for the Eagles because of Jalen Hurts. That, that was the reason. I didn't have a dog in the hunt. Certainly no money in the hunt. Didn't care one way or another. But as far as during the game, I was actually rooting for the Eagles because of that, of Jalen Hurts. I knew the Chiefs were going to win that game. Yeah, right. I knew for a fact. I picked them. I knew Patrick <laughs> Mahomes was going to get that second ring. And creep his way further up the ladder to GOAT status. It was no doubt in my mind. I, I was rooting Chiefs all night. Did you actually come on the air and predict a Chiefs win? Because I don't remember that. Yeah, I said, remember we said 
uh, I was like, uh, you know, with Jalen Hurts and all that and the Alabama storyline, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, well, it's easy to come after the fact and do it, but I don't remember you doing that during well, the morning I can't, show. I can't excuse your bad memory because I did say it. Okay, if you can go back and find it, play it. <laughs> okay. I think I may have said it on the afternoon show, too. You're uh, on the well, afternoon I wasn't show? on the afternoon. I hopped on there yeah. some last week. Okay, well, all that flip flopping we were doing. Yeah. By the way, uh, the final drive debuts today. <laughs> That's right. Big Three day. o'clock. Corey LeBounty. Michael Brauner. Good day to pick, too. A lot to talk about, right? Uh, hour number three is upon us. John Rotelli, Miller Golf Report. Also, Robbie Baker, Fox TV Sports in Phoenix. He was at the Super Bowl. We'll, uh, we'll talk to him about the playing surface. Talked about it earlier today. We'll get back into it. Not suggesting it wasn't a defensive holding at the end of that Super Bowl, but really wish they, I, th- that play didn't happen. I really would have liked to seen the last 90 seconds of that game kind of play out without the first down and killing Kaw. Uh, it was holding. You need to call it. Not suggesting they shouldn't have. We would have been mad if they didn't. We're mad that they did. There's no winning. Yeah, probably so. All right, hour number three is next. Stay with us. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Well, as we go into the uh, third hour of our show we've been talking a lot about the football game won by the chiefs the final was 38 35 eight seconds to go butker with the game-winning field goal we certainly spent a lot of time on the halftime show and the commercials and will continue to do so uh the game was very exciting in in, in my opinion certainly one of the most exciting uh super bowls uh, it got off to a great start offensively and the, the point total at 70 uh, three, the third highest ever scoring Super Bowl. Uh, but that wasn't the only event going on in Arizona. Uh, I guess a few miles away, I guess, was that golf tournament going on, the Phoenix Open. And to that, we bring in John Ricchetti. John, welcome to the morning show. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it was uh, a few miles away, Lee, just on the 101. You got to loop all the way around to get to Glendale, Arizona from uh, the TPC course in, uh, in Scottsdale. But uh, anyway, it was uh, it was a great Super Bowl, no question about it. But they got the Super Bowl of golf, too, which I believe is the probably the, uh, I guess, the most awesome, I guess, event on the PGA Tour as far as fan interaction, enthusiasm, yeah, there's a lot of people having a good time there, but uh, all in all, it is, as they say, it's the greatest greatest show on grass. And Scotty Scheffler uh, was the defending champion, he, uh, and he ends up winning again. So it's two in a row for Scotty Scheffler, and now moves to world number one player, surplanting Rory McIlroy, who was in the field 
Uh, didn't really have his stuff, even though I think he finished in the middle of the pack. But uh, it was a good event uh, yesterday. Some good drama. Uh, we, um, I thought that Canadian Nick Taylor showed a, a lot of poise playing in that final group with Scheffler and John Rahm, who is obviously probably a crowd favorite as John Rahm resides, went to Arizona State, resides in Scottsdale too. So uh, I thought Nick Taylor did put on a great show also. But Scotty Scheffler, uh, he is the winner. That's his fifth PGA Tour win uh, for him. And uh, he's looking, uh, you know, just down the road. We're just, I guess, now. Uh, somewhat five, six weeks away from the Masters, um, and that's going to be pretty interesting to see if he can repeat there. So the great stuff there. Also, big news in the world of golf, Tiger Woods going to be at Riviera this week. Uh, so we'll see the Genesis Invitational, and we'll see another uh, right, one of the you know elevated events on the PGA Tour, just like the Waste Management was uh, this past weekend. Uh, Scotty Scheffler won almost close to $4 million, $20 million purse, trained for this week. But Tiger Woods will be in the field, obviously, uh, going to add a lot more to this. Kind of caught me off guard, too, uh, on Friday as he announced he was going to play. I, I see no indications at all anywhere that he's been practicing, anticipating a return of the PGA Tour. So it was kind of kept pretty you know, pretty hush-hush, so we'll see what Tiger Woods got this week. We'll be on the air tonight at 6 o'clock, live from Felix's Fish Camp with, Fish Camp with a complete recap of the world of golf. Okay, uh, Johnny, thanks so much. We'll talk to you Friday morning. A couple of other notes on the uh, Super Bowl. Andy Reid, there was a report that he might decide to announce his retirement. He says, nope, he's coming back for another year. So the Kansas City Chiefs have their coach back after a second Super Bowl. And the coordinator for the Eagles, uh, I know his first name, Shane. Uh, I guess it's Steicher. He reportedly is going to be named the next coach of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, Mark, if, in fact, they can work out a deal and everything goes well. He apparently is now the number one candidate. And something I announced right before we hit the 8 o'clock hour, Football Scoop is reporting that the Miami Hurricanes – uh, Mario Cristobal has been talking with South Alabama offensive coordinator Major Applewhite uh, about that OC job. All right, you guys can jump in. 694-1055 is the number. Uh, from a football standpoint, I think we got a little bit of everything in that game. Uh, we can talk about the halftime and, and, and the commercials again if you'd like. We're all for it. Uh, I made the comment going in. I didn't – the play at the end of the at regulation – the defensive hold was in fact a hold. You got to call it. You have to. I hate that it came down to that. I wanted to see the last 90 seconds. I wanted to see an incomplete pass with the with the clock stopped and 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 Hertz gets the ball back just to see what happens there. So I, it was a little bit of a buzz kill, but I, I can't be mad at them for making that call. Uh, especially as a Saints fan that saw one not get called for a lot for a lot more egregious. Like I can't I can't not I, I can't have a problem with that. Um, I'm still confused as to what a catch is and what isn't because it seems like every time they reviewed something, um, I was wrong. I was like 0 for 3 on the reviews. That Devontae Smith catch was a catch. They didn't rule it a catch. That was a catch. But on first glance, I thought it wasn't. I thought it wasn't either because he bobbled it. And, (laughs) you know, in the NFL, you have to have both feet in. Um, If it was college, it would have been ruled a catch probably. But, Mark, to your point on the holding call, what if how, – how much criticism would there I, – I, I mean, I give the running back for Kansas City a lot of credit 
Because in the heat of the moment, you're going to the goal line, and he had the clarity to stop and go out of bounds so that they could kill the clock and get to the field goal. Some players probably would have just like just gone get the touchdown, right? Well, I thought it, I thought it was to your point though. I thought it was the, like the, everybody on the field understood the, the yeah. enormity of the situation because not only did he fall to the ground to keep the clock stopped. But Philadelphia was just like, all right, let him go, let him, let him yeah, go. Yeah, right. And then he recognized that they were they were like, oh, he's going to let him go. I'm not going to go. In fact, I'm wondering if he would have scored, tried to score, if they hadn't been so blatant about, you know, letting him get to the end zone. Like, if they had made an attempt to tackle him, maybe just instinct would have taken over and he would have tried to score. I almost wonder if the Eagles knew ahead of time before he did and he kind of clu- they clued him in on what to do. How it was much, very bizarre. How much coaching goes into that? I mean, that I, I I guess I'm giving credit to the coaching staff. They coached him well because it would have been very easy for him to go in and score, and then of course the Eagles would have had more time to try to get down the field. So earlier we didn't have a chance to get to it, but Ken in the app suggested should they penalize offenses for not trying to score? And my response in the app was no. I get where that's coming from, but if you're going to penalize a team for not trying to score, then you're going to have to penalize a defense for letting a team score. And then now we get into that whole gray area of intent. And sometimes it looks obvious. Sometimes it doesn't, but I don't think you want to mess around with that kind of thing. No. And this goes back a ways too. This is not the first time it's been done. I just thought it was done very well because it did exactly what Kansas city wanted to do. It got the clock down to seconds remaining gave the Eagles hardly any chance to get back in that game. So strategy worked perfectly. Andy Reid, give him a lot of credit, or whoever was responsible for making sure that running back did not cross because it would have been very easy in the heat of the moment. Hey, open line, I'm going to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It could be the winning touchdown. And he put on the brakes and paused, and I I thought it was great stuff. I didn't like it. I got to admit, I would have preferred to see the Eagles go downfield and see if they could tie it up or, you know, do something to get the lead. But you have to give them a lot of credit. It really worked. Well, and then the other issue with the referee. So there was the the play where uh, there was the the little swing pass in the second quarter um, that he got hit. Casey forced the fumble. They returned it for a touchdown. Bolton, you mean? When yeah, Bolton, okay. it, it got reviewed. I thought it was a catch. I th- when when he caught the ball out of the backfield, right, and then You're, and then and then the Philadelphia Eagles they they had the swing pass. Okay, that was uh, was that second half though, wasn't that the second half? The uh, late I thought it was the hit? second quarter. Maybe it was that, the, second the, half. the second quarter was when Bolton picked up the fumble and went in for the touchdown. You're talking about his second. Yeah, you're talking. I'm talking about the swing pass. Right, that, that was later in the game. See, that to me was a catch because he caught it. Oh. Now they're saying it didn't meet all criteria, the three steps, and all that. But I thought there he was. He caught it. He stood there. And then he didn't make the what they were calling that third step or that that football move. But I think to the naked eye, I think five years ago, ten years ago, you look at that play and you say, that's a catch. I, I thought when that mm. play happened, it was going to get called back. I really did. I didn't. I did. I, didn't think, I, I don't know enough about, again, the rules, but I it, it didn't seem like he had taken that third step. Yeah. I thought it was coming back. I would have been really surprised, Mark, if they upheld that. Lee, Lee I've got a question for you. Is Patrick Mahomes the second best quarterback in NFL history? Second best? 
Yep. Oh, I'm not ready to put him on that pedestal. He's darn good. I'm not. Hey, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a really, really great quarterback. You're talking about behind Brady, of course, right? Yeah. I've seen so many quarterbacks over the years, Nick, that I I mean, I, I'd put him in the class of how about Eli Manning with his two Super Bowls and what He's he did. He's way above Eli Manning. Well, um, but but you, you do you remember the 07 when they beat the Patriots yeah. and the, and yeah. what he did in that in that final drive and everything? There are so many good quarterbacks and um look, the and here's another question too, Nick. They're saying is this a dynasty? Well, consider this. There have been some teams that have won four and three Super Bowls. So I think they're on the verge of that, but I'm not ready to give that status to either Mahomes or to Kansas City until they get to the third. All right, so to your point, Nick, I would take Mahomes over Brady in Brady's heyday. I would take Mahomes right now. If if I had both of them in their primes, I would take Mahomes. So you think Mahomes is the best quarterback in NFL history? Uh, that's one way of putting it. The question you have to ask yourself when you start talking in this way is which quarterback, if you were starting a team with a quarterback and you start with a quarterback, just the quarterback, not talking about offensive systems or anything like that, who would you take? His ability to throw dots, ability to evade the rush, run with his and his running ability uh, alone makes him a contender for top pick in this very hypothetical quarterback draft. He's still got many more years to go, and maybe we'll have that uh, argument, not, not even an argument, discussion down the road, and he, he will be. There's just been so many good quarterbacks around. John Elway and what he did with Denver. I mean, I could go on and on. I'm not going to bore everybody with all the quarterbacks that have done so well in, in Super Bowls and so forth, but he's in the mix. I'll give him that. I don't know if I'd pick him over Brady right now because seven Super Bowls and he went 10 times. That's pretty heady stuff. So uh, somebody in the app, when, when Mahomes succeeds without Reed, we talk because last night I thought the Chiefs had the better system last night, but Hurts was the better quarterback. I, look, because he lost, people aren't talking about it, but I thought Jalen Hurts played really well. He did. He was exceptional. He now, uh, I know he had the turnover, which we talked about, and there was one to Devontae Smith that he kind of underthrew that should have been a touchdown. But he was he was throwing dots out there. Dude those, was putting – he was surgical at some those points. Those passes to his tight end, I know everything was about Kelsey, but that Goddard, the passes that Hurts made him, Mark, I am with you. I wish you could take away the turnover, but you can't because to me it looms large, although people aren't talking about it today. But he did have a very good game. He threw for over 300 yards. He tied a record for rushing touchdowns, uh, whether it's a running back or a quarterback. Yeah, I thought for a first-timer, he did really well. Uh, all right, so in the app, Nick, someone suggested that Patrick Mahomes, we have to wait and see what he does without Andy Reid because he thought the system was better last night for the Chiefs, but that Jalen Hurts was the better quarterback. Um, I don't know. That seems unfair to Patrick Mahomes, doesn't it? I agree with you, Nick. It does. Here's a guy that limps off, and then you're wondering the high ankle sprain, and he comes out and does what he does. Although, if you have a high ankle sprain and you're hurt, how do you run 26 yards away from one of the best defenses in the NFL? That's just adrenaline. That's adrenaline, and if I think if you're running straight line, I think that's a different story than having to cut. Right when yeah. you're having to cut and change directions, that's when the high ankle sprain comes into play. Um. It's also, but, and I'm sure Especially it's adrenaline. On a crappy I just, field. you know, 
I, I've started over the years getting a little weary of these athletes that are hurt, and they look like all pros in the midst of the game, right? And then as soon as the whistle blows, then all of a sudden we're, we're limping, we're hopping, we're kind of planted up. I'm not suggesting he was faking any stretch, right. the, but I, you, you, you have to wonder. Maybe it's the adrenaline. Maybe it's just the adrenaline That's having a bunch of— something uh, LeBron does every game. Yeah. Like yeah. he gets like a little finger— to the ear or something, yeah. and then he drops to the ground. You're like, oh my god, did he just get shot? Well, it's also like the it's also like Jordan in the flu slash food poisoning right, game, right? Exactly. Like, dude was dude was crazy when the when the game was, and then as soon as the the, the play is over, he's like being carried off the court by <laughs> yeah. Scottie Pippen. You're like, which is it? Or like Paul Pierce uh, going in and out in the wheelchair. Yeah, and then it turns out in an interview, I think maybe last year, he said he just had to take a. Twenty-four. There it is. We've been teasing a little bit all day today. The WNSP Days of Revelry. There you go. A little Mardi Gras something something for you. Be the first one to get Nick on the phone at 694-1055. And you get, well, you get a little uh, prize pack. Compliments of WNSP. How about that? Can't do better than that. You know, you mentioned uh, I I went to sleep before I before the postgame ceremony. And you mentioned about Bradshaw and how he kind of was kind of creepy around uh, Andy Reid making fun of him and all that. Did you see the post, the pregame? I thought that was kind of silly after a while. Bradshaw and that group, they walk in, right? Howie Long. And then they're introducing, well, they're going back and forth. And Long says, well, we had, it took a while to find Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw says he had gone to the restroom. All right, that's fine. Leave it at that. They went on for about five to ten minutes talking about Bradshaw going to the restroom. Well, they do have like eight hours to kill or whatever it is. So you think that's a good part of it then? Like, who cares? Okay, and say it. That's fine. Get it out of the way. They couldn't find him. He got lost. Well, he didn't get lost. He just went to the to the restroom. But uh, I thought that kind of went like a little bit longer than I cared to hear about uh, well, fear not, because Tom didn't waste very much time getting in touch with uh, Nick, and he is the uh, winner of our of our first, but certainly not our last, uh, WNSP Days of Revelry. So congratulations to you. Oh, my gosh. Every every day we're giving away stuff. Yeah, from now through uh, through Mardi Gras, uh, WNSP Days of Revelry, Revelry Contest, every time you hear that Mardi Gras sounder, uh, you call in and you have a chance to win one of... Uh, one of our daily prizes, courtesies of uh, local businesses around town. So, very cool. Man, speaking of Mardi Gras, I went to my first Mardi Gras ball. Oh, how was on that? Saturday night. Yeah, we're going to need more time for this. Man, dude. I under Everyone who gave me the tips, I completely forgot about them, and I really paid the price for that. You forgot every single tip that was given you? We did a whole show on tips, and you forgot them all? Uh, yeah, pretty did, much. Did you bring your own cup? See, I, I got in, I saw the cups, I said, dang, forgot that one. Yeah. And then I forgot to stay hydrated. Yeah. Forgot to eat food. Uh, let's just say by 1030, I remember running into my friend Ben. I was like, hey, I didn't think you'd be here. And then I remember waking up in my bed at 8 a.m. 
There's a big gap of time there. I don't know what happened. The next morning, I'm on my Snapchat. I sent these videos to all type of people. I don't know what was on the videos. They do because they saw them. Right. They did not respond to, to them, which kind of had me a little uneasy. Um, so nah, you're man, talking like right when about... You in the door, there's just tables. And so it's you were, just tequila and fireball. You were incoherent most of the night and into the morning. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, I haven't thrown up that much in years. So, and you're bragging about this? Kind of. This is a good... This is a good expectation for it's been a, a guy that's now been well title now you have a title here you're you're supposed to be a role model and that's what i'm trying to be because i want people to learn from my mistake he's a cautionary tale so hey guys look i thought by drink water i thought eat. if they keep offering you free shots it's nothing special because they're all free so you don't have so to you embarrassed this is what you're saying he doesn't know if he embarrassed us. He could have. Yeah, that could come not. down. Are you, are you a mean drunk, Nick? Oh, no. I'm a very happy-go-lucky fun. Yeah, so he didn't embarrass God. us. I don't think. Well, we don't know because we haven't talked but to some I, I of the people so who were there. I so far away from the convention center, so I don't remember like the, tri the trip back to the car. I don't remember. Your car was at your house when you got home? Yeah, in one piece. You're I didn't very, drive it. Nick, you're so very lucky. Everyone, do not drink and drive. I did not drive. How do you know you didn't drive it? <laughs> Nick, you're very lucky that you didn't spend time somewhere else. Robbie Baker's next. Stay with us. Your help. Hurts on a quarterback draw. Nowhere to go. The ball is loose. Sitting on the turf. It's picked up by Bolton. No one in front of him is going to score. All right, 832, welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues on this Monday right here on the Sports Station WNSP. All right, well, so happy to have Robbie Baker join us. He was formerly with TV5, but he's been out in Phoenix, Arizona for quite some time now. He covered the Super Bowl for Fox TV. Hey, Robbie, welcome to the show, and I really appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, what time did you get in last night or this morning? Uh, yeah. uh, morning was more accurate. I think I got back to my house sort of between like 1.30 and 2 a.m. <laughs> you are a trooper to join us. And I'm so glad we got you because the first thing, if there was real controversy, it was on the playing field. What in the, what in the world happened to that? Play? Why was it so sloppy? You know, it's funny because being there, you know, you really couldn't tell necessarily. I saw a couple times guys slip and stuff, but it wasn't until I started really going through Twitter and stuff that I saw people you know, really complaining or, you know, how many, how much people were complaining about the playing surface. But, um, you know, I guess I saw that that, you know, grass has been grown for two years somewhere and, you know, they, it's special for the Super Bowl and it's not the normal Cardinals playing surface. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what happened in that regard, but I will say it is interesting that, that the Cardinals playing surface just normally usually gets criticized. And actually the Chiefs, when they were here in week one, Chiefs fans will remember Harrison Butker, their kicker, uh, on one of the first kickoffs of the entire regular season, uh, went to kick off and the grass slipped out from under him and he rolled his ankle. And the, Justin Reed, the Chiefs kicker, or I mean the Chiefs safety, ended up being their kicker the rest of that game in an emergency situation because uh, Butker slipped on the turf and rolled his ankle and he was out for like a month. So uh, the history of the State Farm uh, Stadium turf has not been great, but uh, it's even more interesting considering last night wasn't even the normal grass that they had. Yeah, and I was reading a, a report 
that the NFL spent over $800,000 for that turf, which came out of Oklahoma State University, and I guess obviously had to be transported and planted in that stadium. And the players were the ones that were really critical. Uh, they, they said it was like going to a water park. Yeah, I saw Jordan Mailata, the tackle for the Eagles, said, yeah, said exactly that. He felt like he was slipping all over the place. Um, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, I guess, you know, if you're a football fan, you can look at her either side. Uh, you could say you know, you're glad it didn't necessarily affect the game, I guess, quote-unquote. You know, if somebody was trying to kick a game-winning field goal and slip at the end or anything like that, nothing like that happened at least. Do you get now, as a, as a reporter, I, I assume you're on the sideline, correct, for TV? Uh, so we for the Super Bowl, uh, we have our photographer was down there, but I was actually in an auxiliary press box. So the behind the Eagles end zone is normally just a uh, for Cardinals game days. It's just an open concourse for the most part, and pretty much all of those seats that you saw on TV were were built in for the uh, for the Super Bowl. So I was actually sitting behind the Eagles end zone. I don't know if you've covered in person how many Super Bowls, but I'm sure you've watched a lot. How would you put this one up there? How would you rank it? Uh, this will be so. This was actually my second Super Bowl. I got to uh, cover and third. I got to attend uh, in my life overall. Uh, so I'm very grateful for all these opportunities. Um, but it's something about Glendale. Uh, the Super Bowls in Glendale, they just are something else. Whether it it was the helmet catch 15 years ago when the Giants beat the Patriots. Uh, like eight years ago, I believe that was the last one I covered when the uh, Patriots and the Seahawks, Malcolm Butler's interception at the one yard line. That was the shock kind of turn of events when the Patriots won. And then last night, I mean, I don't know, uh, on four hours of sleep <laughs> to rank it overall, but in terms of games, uh, Super Bowls, I mean, this is going to go down as an all timer. And if you're an Eagles fan, uh, you had to leave the stadium obviously disappointed, but you have to hold your head high. I mean, Jalen Hurts set multiple records, 35 points scored. I mean, it came down to, you know, just Patrick Mahomes doing what he does late in the game, which, you know, you kind of thought was going to happen anyways. If Patrick Mahomes had the ball at the two-minute warning and the game was tied or they were within striking distance, you kind of assumed the Chiefs were going to end up winning. And that's exactly what happened. But, I mean, I think between the just the whole week, it was – just 70 degrees and sunny all week. Every event went off without a hitch. Uh, and then the, the game was fantastic. The halftime show was an all-timer. I mean, it's, this is going to go down, I think, as one of the greatest Super Bowls. I agree with you on the game. And I'm not. And I, I'm okay with the halftime show, too. It was kind of interesting to watch. I, I don't. It's not like I'm a big. Uh, I don't know that much about her music, but I thought the show was spectacular. But the game itself, usually Super Bowls get off to slow starts, you know. But here, here come the Eagles, they score. And then here come the Chiefs, they score. And before you know it, it's 14-14. And before you know it, it's 24-14. Robbie, I don't know if you're aware of this, but according to some of the stats, this is only the second time in Super Bowl history a team trailing by double digits at the half came back to win. Yeah, I, uh, I saw that last night, actually. 26-1 uh, and one, uh, teams when they had a 10-point lead or more entering uh, the last night's Super Bowl. Teams were 26-1 and one when they got that uh, good double-digit lead. But that is a 26-2 uh, and two stat now after, after uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, leads them from a come-from-behind win. But I'm pretty sure that Mahomes is the only two now because, yeah, they came back from 10 points in the fourth quarter against the uh, 49ers in the Chiefs' last Super Bowl win. So there's, there's some magic in that Mahomes guy. Talking with Robbie Baker, he's with Fox TV out in Phoenix, Arizona. So from from your vantage point as you were watching the game, when Mahomes limped off the field at the end of the half, were you concerned at all about his play in the second half? 
I thought it was going to be like what we saw with Jacksonville. So considering they were already down, they ended up going down 10 points. Um, and just the way he got up and gingerly got to the sideline, and I could, you know, with binoculars, I could see they were, you know, obviously looking at his ankle. Chad Henney was warming up. Uh, all the broadcasts, you know, caught him in so much pain on the sideline. And I, it did not seem, you know, it kind of felt like the air came out of the stadium a little bit, I guess, put it that way. Um, and I thought we were going to see what happened against Jacksonville, where, of course, Mahomes played, but you could, he was laboring even to get handoffs to Pacheco and, you know, the throws were not, you know, necessarily as accurate as normal because he couldn't set his feet. And I, I don't know. I turned to our sports director, Richard, uh, at, when the halftime show was starting, and I actually joked. I said, hey, maybe it's actually good that this is a 35-minute halftime instead of the normal eight minutes that, you know, uh, teams normally get. Because, one, Andy Reid can make adjustments, which they did, and they took advantage of uh, whatever they saw in the Eagles secondary by sending more guys in motion. Uh, pre-snap the Chiefs did and then I also said whatever they're going to do to his ankle shoot him up with stuff tape him up they have an extra you know 22 minutes than they normally do to, to get him right and whatever they did worked Robbie I don't remember the timeline uh, about your uh, being here in Mobile and covering I know you covered a lot of high school did you cover Kadarius Tony in high school he so he actually just left um, his senior year. I missed his senior year. I guess the best way, way to put it. But he, I met him a handful of times. Whether coming back for you know player of the year things or just him being at Blunt High School games and stuff like that. But what an unbelievable game he had last night. So any compelling interviews that you did or anything that was said by some of the players you talked to or the coaches? You know, unfortunately. Uh, you know, twofold answer to that. The, when the, the way that with the Super Bowl, both of the guys they end up having to come up to podiums. Uh, there's not a ton of locker room access, at least for us uh, yesterday. And then we had to be on pretty quick after the game. So I, I was able to go into the Chiefs interview room uh, to the podiums and just listen around uh, to those guys for a little bit. And then I had to book it outside the stadium for our post game show. But uh, to the Kadarius Tony point, uh, I mean, he, I did see him on Monday at opening night and caught up with him a little bit, and he told me then that, you know, he was dealing with a leg injury, but he was going to do everything he could to be healthy, and he was expecting to play in the Super Bowl. And, you know, he actually didn't get a ton of snaps in the Super Bowl. Actually, you know, with was looking up and down the sideline. I could see him sitting on the bench uh, at various points when the offense was out there, and that's not unusual. The Chiefs rotate through the wide receivers they have so much. I mean, Juju didn't even have a catch until the fourth quarter on one of those final drives, and then he started to explode. Um, but when Kadarius' number was called, I mean, the way they schemed up that go-ahead touchdown to have him come in motion but stop immediately and it totally threw off the secondary. He was wide open. And then, I mean, Mobile is in Super Bowl history right now because uh, the I think it was six, 67 yards, uh, the punt return that was almost a touchdown. Kadarius Tony now has the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. One of the reasons I think this will go down as one of the, the, the best Super Bowls because a lot of times you get uh, like a, a high-scoring game, but it's one-sided, and you get one quarterback who plays well and the other doesn't. I thought both quarterbacks were outstanding yesterday. Oh, that was – I for my money, that's got to be one of the best Super Bowl quarterbacks uh, battles, I think, ever. Because even uh, in the middle of the third quarter, getting into the fourth, where the Chiefs had the momentum, they start to take the lead, and, and especially when they went up seven – and, and you're thinking, okay, well, Jalen Hurts has been fantastic all year. If he didn't get hurt, he probably would have won the MVP. They've been dominant in the playoffs, but they've never, he's never really been in this position 
uh, especially on that stage, quite frankly, since he got benched for Tua in the championship game all those years ago against Georgia, and he couldn't complete the comeback. He was able to do it in the SEC championship game uh, a year later, but that's a little different stage than the Super Bowl. And so we were, you know, we were talking in the press area that was like, all right, this is really time to see what Jalen Hurts can do when he's trailing in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, and it's the world stage. And dude just rose to the occasion, and it, it didn't look hard for him. I mean, he was just picking apart the Chiefs' defense, and then not only to go down and get the, uh, you know, put him down by two, but then to get the two-point conversion, and then the way Jalen just bulldozed his way into the end zone. I mean, the, Philly's got Philly's got a guy on their hands. He's about to make a lot of money this offseason. Robbie Baker. Now, Robbie, I wanted to ask you before the game, obviously a whole week long of activities, parties, celebrities. Did you get to mingle with any celebrities? Uh, not uh, saw celebrities, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, I did get to talk with Frank Caliendo on Media Row uh, very briefly. And then uh, the red carpet for the NFL Honors event was, uh, was a very fun night because so many just NFL movers and shakers coming through. You know, we saw Jerry Jones. I actually got to interview uh, Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, on Thursday night. Uh, and there were some other celebrities that just kind of made their way through, like Tracy Morgan and, and Joel McHale and stuff like that. So it was, it's been a wild week. I still, it, feels, it still feels like a dream. It's probably part sleep deprivation, but, <laughs> but uh, it's just been an unbelievable week. So will we be getting in touch with you for the NBA Finals now with uh, Phoenix perhaps being in the Finals? Oh, I'll tell you what, Lee. I I hope so, and I I think that there is a good chance. We were joking. We were leaving the stadium last night. Our sports team that like, you know, if they don't, if the Suns don't make it to at least the Western Conference Finals, given this roster now, it's a, it's a, going to be a pretty big disappointment. It feels like here, and uh, I think I mean the NBA an NBA title should not be out of reach for this team when you add a guy like uh, Kevin Durant. And it, it is this, you know, the Super Bowl obviously wrapped up now. They'll have the, the press conference this morning for Mahomes, uh, the MVP, and Reed will meet with the media again. And then there'll be a little bit of a chance to breathe today. Uh, but the Suns are home again tomorrow. KD won't play because he's still dealing with the uh, knee sprain. But, you know, he'll, I'm sure he'll be at Footprint Center tomorrow night for the first time. Wednesday morning, pitchers and catchers report. And also at some point between Monday or today and Wednesday, we're assuming the Cardinals are eventually going to hire a head coach. So the, uh, the sports headline haymakers can keep swinging out here in the desert. Any tip on who might be that new coach? Well, we thought it was going to be Lou Anarumo or Mike Kafka. Um, those were the guys that had second interviews last week, and it seemed like they were kind of circling on them. And then all of a sudden yesterday, uh, right, right before kickoff, a few hours before, uh, there started to be some you know, whispers that Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, uh, was going to get an interview today, and, uh, and he was likely now the leader in the clubhouse uh, if the interview went well. So uh, at this point... All right. Uh, I believe uh, defense would like to make a uh, final argument here. Yeah. Mr. Wiggins. 
I try to give you guys a funny little peer into my life. Uh, and now I got people uh, making false accusations about my uh, night. Let me really break it down. I went with a date. What was her name? Name's Izzy. I know an Izzy. Very, uh, very beautiful. Very, um... Izzy I know is not. Oh. <laughs> Different Izzy then. Yeah. It's a guy. Uh, it's a guy. And, you know, she not a big drinker. That was the plan going in. I'm going to go crazy. You've got child care experience. She's a teacher. So, look, you're going to take care of me. Right? And that was the plan. And the plan was executed perfectly. <coughs> because... I was like a sick little five-year-old in my uh, incoherentness, and she, uh, she, uh, you know, took good care of me. Everyone got home safely. There was no intention of me ever even driving. So if you're going to drink and drink heavy, like I did especially, do so in as responsible of a manner as you can and plan ahead. That I did do. Because I'm responsible hmm. to a degree. Okay. I rest my case. The defense rests. Okay. Jury will get back with a... Uh... <laughs> okay. I guess we should be so thankful he even made it in today. On time, too. Well, he had a whole day to recover. He's still young. I yeah, but he seemed like he... Day. He seemed like he had a pretty wicked night. Ooh. When you when you go out with a game plan of getting totally drunk. <laughs> I mean, at least he's not hiding. When you when you go out with the goal of being totally out of it, it take usually well, I can't speak from experience. There's, so there's, I don't know. there's a there's a commitment there. Yeah. There's well a my goal there. I I went a little past my goal. I'm an overachiever. What yeah, can I he, say? He exceeded his goals. And uh Continues to dig the but hole I'm deeper. Yeah, I'm and, persistent. I, and I can I ask, and, and why are you kind of bragging about it? I'm not more so bragging about it. I'm more approaching it as a laugh at my pain type of segment. Right. If you can't uh, laugh at me, who can I laugh yeah. at? Kind it's of uh, my brand of humor is kind of self-deprecative. Okay, I have another question for you. This uh -huh. may be better to help those who are in the same position you are yep. at times. What did you take the next day to help recover? Well, uh, Izzy, my lovely caretaker and chauffeur, she uh, went and got me some Gatorade. Uh, we got some IHOP delivered. That's why I was eating some pancakes this morning. Those were the leftover. Uh, she gave me uh, some nausea medicine. Uh, it's just nice to know we're in good hands here. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the pancakes this morning. I was curious where they came from. Well, there's now I know. The, now I know the uh, origin story of those. Well, thankfully you didn't drive. That's the key. That's right. You know, I went out to have a good time, and, and from I'm, what I can remember, I did. <laughs> we can remember. <laughs> did somebody refresh your memory? Hey, did I have a? You're, did you ask Izzy? Did I have a good time? Yeah, that is, she she gave me a very uh, intricate play by play. And, okay. Uh. It was a successful night by all. And, and did she have a good time? She did. Okay. Yeah. So did you? Did, never mind. What? Uh, which Mardi Gras 
uh, party was this at or, or get together? This was uh, at the uh, Mobile Mystics Mardi Gras Ball. Which was at the Civic Center? Uh, convention Center. Oh, good. Okay. Did, did anybody uh, did anybody have a chance to connect the dots and know that you were the Triple G from WNSP? Hey, that kind of runs. No, I don't think most people know what I look like Right. that listen to the show. Well, I ran into some people from uh, that I knew from way back in the day that I hadn't seen in a while. And they said, hey, yeah, you're on the radio now. I was like, huh, you keep up with me. That makes me feel kind of special. Hmm. And then I, I I kept having to say, man, congrats on the kid. I feel like I said that ten times. To the same person or? <laughs> whether, whether they had one or not? No, to like ten different people. And you said, don't get the kid balloons. Yeah. You'll be blacklisted forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leisure Vanian, what, what you got cooking for tomorrow? I, I can't top that, Mark. What are you I, talking I about? I can't top a story like that. Uh, what? He went out? He's yeah. 24, went out. How old are you? 24? 25. 25 went out yeah, and got Yeah, but trash. now that he's, you know, he's moved up on the chain here. And think but I'll say put... this, like, I think I'm, I think I may, uh, that may have been my last ride. That may have been my Peyton Manning Super Bowl right there for the Broncos. Hey, I don't know if I can run that back again. You, you got something set up for tomorrow. I do? You do. What do I, oh yeah, oh, tell, yeah. Tell, yeah what so uh, one of the uh, one of our local ads got a little play. Uh, although there are questions about whether or not you did last night, Nick. I, I don't know if you want to respond to that in the app. But yes, what do you uh, think? Uh, I'm going to say Listeners. no. Huh? I wasn't. <laughs> I was addressing the people in the app, not you directly. Right. No, I'm going to say no. You didn't. I think we'll do follow up on the Super Bowl <laughs> if there is. We'll do. Uh, See if Alabama gets to be number one in basketball. Travis Ryer will talk some Alabama with us. So, you know, we'll have uh, some other features coming on. David too. J. Maloney is going to join us. Uh, he, uh, he, they got, they did a Ferris Bueller's Days Off uh, commercial, which I thought was clever. Do you know how much they pay uh, compared to what? I have because uh, he, I thought it was very well done. I really do. <laughs> I think they hit it on all sides. Even even with the baseball game in there, right? I uh, I have asked him a question in the past. He has refrained from answering. Answering, I don't. I mean, obviously they don't pay seven mil, no. but uh, they uh, he is. Did not you, and exactly did you see answering. also uh, during after? I think it was after Maloney's commercial, Fox News, where they had, and I forgot his name. That with the weatherman or so gave his shirt to a young kid or something like that to take off on the mean I Joe did Green. not see that that one. was cl- I, that was very well done very it, well it, done it, it hit you right there in the heart it did yeah because we didn't have much of, we didn't have much of that yesterday no but uh, that now I at least we uh, we exit this show I do feel that after hearing how successful Nick was in navigating back to the station after that long long weekend. Nick, I'm glad uh, you you righted the ship there. Everybody now has a new opinion of you. Yeah, well, they already had an opinion of me already, and I'm sure it probably wasn't the best. I'm not sure how much it improved, but that's all right. There's always tomorrow. Hey, I'm here. When when I'm working, I'm working, and I work hard. Work hard, play harder. Right, people? Come on. Who's with me? Some of y'all were at that ball. I saw y'all. Y'all were way worse off than me. Oh, the everybody is doing it excuse. I like it. (laughs) All right, we're done for another day. See ya.